So good afternoon, everyone. If you're hearing my voice, that means it must be a Wednesday, and this is another episode of 20 Minutes of Your Time. Thank you guys for coming out and joining us today. I have a wonderful guest that I would love to have this conversation with. And as you guys know, because I say it a lot now, my background is in education. I like working with young people and help growing and developing the next generation of leaders. And I could not think of a better guest to have on the show to explain to us and give us some kind of insight on how we can do that. So everybody, please, we give a warm welcome to my special guest today, Coach T from Coach T's Corner. So Coach T, good afternoon, and thank you for being on the podcast today. Oh, my pleasure, Jabari. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's always great to have a conversation with like-minded individuals like yourself as it relates to developing the leaders of tomorrow. Thank you so much. And and, and I said this to you before we started recording, but I wanted, again, being gentle with the audience, I wanted to let them know how excited I was as I was reading through your website, as I was reading, I even skimmed through the book. But the amount of detail and the amount of accuracy that I think you go in and the work that you do, even before I read the testimonials, I knew that there was going to be positive outcomes and positive results. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into today the three steps to success for teen personal growth and development, where we're going to talk about some of the issues that are facing our young people today, some of the disconnect between us as older adults and the young people, and then what we could do to kind of bridge that gap and how we could pull out the full potential from young people. And for those that have seen this podcast before, listened to the podcast before, you know how I start. I like to get like a very baseline understanding of the guest so the audience can understand how we got to this point. So can you tell us what is Coach T's Corner and how did you get started on your mission? Yes, Coach T's Corner is an online mentoring academy that is designed to educate, support, and inspire the next generation of leaders through teaching the skills development that they need for a, and to empower them to use those skills for a prosperous future. And the interesting thing about how it started, Mario, was actually is because of the nonprofit that I have, JLT Fieldhouse, which is a youth coaching and mentoring organization, was shut down due to the pandemic a couple of years ago. And for 11 months, we couldn't operate and do any of our programming. So it was an opportunity for me to reflect on a way of expanding the mentoring uh, program that we had with our nonprofit. And that's what spawned Coach T's Corner. And so there's two things that I kind of wanted to, to touch upon when you talk about how Coach T's Corner got started. The first one is the pandemic. We're, the pandemic, and again, we're not technically out of it just yet, but especially right there at the beginning, and I could imagine that 11-month layoff was a weird space for students and teenagers because, again, there was no guideline, there was no blueprint. And for the formative years, which are the teenage years, it was almost like there was like a hole or there was like something that kind of, you know, disrupted their, their learning and their growth. In your opinion, how would you say the pandemic has affected teenagers? Is the, the effects of the pandemic, is it something that's easily reversible? Or do you think it's going to be like, you know, years from now, there's going to be long lasting and lingering effects of the pandemic? I honestly believe there's going to be long lasting impacts of that, Jabari, and specifically because I've, I continue to have conversations with the teens that I've worked with uh, now, and we've had conversations about that. And they see that the shift back to normal, if you will, as far as uh, in school, they said the hybrid approach disconnected them from the learning experience. And they're not as engaged in the learning aspect. And I think we also see more kids trying to focus on entrepreneurship or the entrepreneurship mindset, which is not necessarily a bad thing, is what we know these kids are capable of. So I honestly see it as a as a potential good thing. Yeah, um, I can give you I can give one example, and I give this example to a lot of people. 
when the pandemic started back in 2020, I was teaching fifth grade students and I was a fifth grade specifically math teacher. When we went remote, we were so nervous on how a kids function if they're not a teacher that was, you know, there in person and kind of walking and developing them through every single step. But some of the students, not all, I think it was, you know, you got scattered results, but some students actually did better at home because it allowed them to kind of focus more. And then, like you said, a lot of people became entrepreneurs. So there was different effects to the COVID pandemic. And so as we're kind of shifting back into, you know, again, what we consider normal, what are some things that we have, as adults have to understand about our young people? Because again, they went through such an experience at such a young age. There is one specific thing, Jabari, that I think is really important for everybody to understand as we talk about this shift and, and or I say the shift out of normalcy or back to whichever way you want to look at it. Now the kids have had a chance to reflect on their educational experiences pre-COVID and understanding that they're more uh, intuitive than we give them credit for. You and I know this already, but I think a lot of parents and other adults are finding out these kids are have not been given the opportunity to think for themselves, to speak for themselves. And this period that they're going through now, they're reflecting going, you know, I do know, and I should say, and it's one of the things I encourage, hey, listen, you have to have a voice. Otherwise, you're going to be led like you're on a leash here, go here, go there. And in reality, you know what you want, but people have to know what you want. How much would you agree or disagree with the statement that our education system here in America is not designed for modern time with the modern students that are in the schools today? Absolutely not. Um, and just a, a quick analogy, what, what has not evolved over time? Has the car evolved from when Henry Ford uh, invented it? Absolutely. Think about the cars that we have. Of course it has. Has technology evolved? Of course it has. Yep. Has education evolved? No, it has not. It is doing exactly what it was designed to do, to create worker bees. And that's one of the things that young people have realized. That, you know, college is not for everybody. Everybody's finding that out. I didn't finish college, but it did not deter me from being successful because I chased what I was passionate about. And I talk to kids about like, love, and passion. You like things, and then you don't like things. You love things, then you don't love things. But when you find that thing that you're passionate about, you never let go of that. And that is what a lot of young people are starting to find out and to uh, recognize now. Yeah, um, I 100, 110% agree. And even as I was in college, I saw a lot of students that started, didn't finish, whether they went to my college or they were friends of mine from high school that I knew, you know, from the neighborhood, a lot of times we are told you have to go to college to get a good job. You're not going to be successful as we go to college. And I think now more than ever, people are kind of waking up and realizing that's not 100% the case. And like you said, once a person has a passion, nine out of 10 times, they have the work ethic to get that done. What we need to do is kind of help connect them to the resources to get that passion done. So along those lines, what do you think are some changes that we need to make in our education to better serve the students that are in school today? Well, first and foremost, we have to teach uh, kids financial literacy. You know, that's one of the things that's not taught. If, if they're going to have an entre entrepreneurial mindset, the first thing they got to know is how to run a business. And, you know, financially, if you're not uh, sound in your financial uh, education, then you're not going to have a successful business. And many of the kids are, they talk about, they think money grows on trees in some, re in some uh, mindsets. But financial literacy is one thing. The other part of it I think that's really important too is 
asking kids what they want so that you can teach them what they need. Right, absolutely. Because I know for me, when I went to school, and again, this is the same for about 90% of the people that are in schools, we learn, you know, geometry, algebra, calculus, college English one, you know, biology. And not to say that these things aren't important, but I think sometimes the passions and the things that we want to pursue are not necessarily taught in schools because there's this belief that students are not mature enough or developmental enough to understand these certain concepts. Like some schools have journalism, some schools don't, but there's a lot of kids that want to do it. Some schools have radio and some schools don't, but you know, a lot of kids want to do that. So I definitely agree with you that we need to kind of start bringing back things in school that could lead people to be entrepreneurs because like we kind of talked about with college, it's not a necessity, it's just an asset for those that choose to go and that those that choose to kind of um, follow that path. To what extent, I would should, I should say, do you agree that the world that children are growing up in today are different from the world their parents may be coming from, whether they're born in, uh, you know, the 70s, 80s, or the 90s? There are significant differences. I was born in the 60s. I was born in 1964. So you can imagine the things that I've seen in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s. We are not living in our parents' uh, generation. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that parents are trying to raise kids how they were raised. And then when reality, parents have to stop, take a look in the mirror and go, you know, the world's changed so much. I'm not too sure what's happening, but my kids may know more than I know, but I don't give them the opportunity to share what they know. So I think you're absolutely right. There's a, a big difference in the generations um, based on when parents are growing up and where the kids are today. Yeah, and I know this This is the moment where that concept really stuck in for me. I was teaching, and this was the third grader, so this is these students who are younger than the fifth graders I taught. And so I'm asking these students, what do you want to be when you're growing up? Why do you think it's so difficult for us as adults to kind of adapt to the world that our young people are growing up in today? It goes back to the question you asked previously is, you know, where were what generation did the parents grow up in it wasn't technological age um it was when you were outside playing you were out when the sun came up and you didn't come in until it went down and you were face to face with a lot of people there were no distractions like cell phones and ipads and uh, psps and xboxes and all those things like that so you weren't easily distracted and I think that that also helped with the personal development, relationship development, because you were face to face with a lot of people more. Now kids are being influenced by people online. So who do you want to emulate? You want to emulate the people that you spend most of your time with. And you spend most of your time on, on uh, social media, following people and responding and liking and commenting. That's what you know. So you emulate what you know as a parent or as an older brother or maybe a teacher or anybody that works with young people and again, specifically teenagers, what are some steps that they could do to first kind of change their own mindset and then secondly, connect with the youth that they're working with? First thing is stop trying to be a know-it-all and tell everything based on your experience. Your experience is not their answer. And that all starts with asking questions first. Um, many parents and a lot of educators and other uh, authority figures that work with preteens and teens, they don't ever stop to ask questions because they always want to be so quick to give their advice and their input and their expertise. When in reality, all kids really want to do is be heard. And when they're being heard, believe it or not, they start sharing more. And I was uh, recently on a call today, actually, we having this conversation, and I was talking from my experiences. The kids I work with 
And one of the reasons I have a great relationship with them is we have conversations. They're not one way. I let them talk 15, 20 minutes and I don't say a word. And the reason I do that is they're letting me know nobody lets me talk like this and share my opinions because I'm usually cut off and they pause and they're waiting for me to cut them off. And I'm like, no, keep talking. So that's the first thing is we have to understand that they're human beings too, and they're smarter than we give them credit for. And and all of these things lead to them building better confidence, self-esteem, but more importantly, communication is better and relationships are better. So again, now we can kind of tie Coach T's corner into this. What are some things that you guys are teaching the young people and what are some uh, workshops and some topics that you guys are learning and helping them develop? There are 11 areas, uh, Jabari, really, and these are all outlined in, in my new book, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Success for Preteens and Teens, and it where it talks about the C of success, and the C of success is an acronym, C stands for simplicity, effort, and attitude, and applying those three aspects to any of the areas like that we work with kids on, and just give you a few of those, uh, goal setting, personal responsibility, um, influence or peer pressure, personal accountability, time management, leadership, accountability, communication, character building, and conflict resolution or transformation, if you will. So we apply simplicity because we already know that kids are going through a lot of challenges, some of the things we talked about early in this in this uh, episode. And the second is the E, effort. You know, what, whatever it is they're trying to do, if we support them, they're going to give a lot more effort. Without support, they don't give the effort. And then the A attitude, to me, is the most important of the three components, because without a positive attitude, you won't put forth any effort, and you sure won't make the process simple. So it's about attitude, and attitude is the key to um, anyone's success, yours, mine, or anybody else's, but it was a, a, a very influential age of young people. It is strongly important that we provide the support and the positive support that they need. That brings me to a time when I had a conversation with a teacher, the way I felt about my classroom in the same breath that I wanted my students to learn, again, specifically math that I was teaching those students, I really wanted them to be able to express themselves and grow and develop as people. So I'm trying to teach them outside concepts that had nothing to do with math, such as, are you being respectful when you're talking to people? Do you know how to apologize? when you're wrong, you know how to, you know, communicate your feelings when either you're in a really, really good mood or in a really bad mood. And a teacher once said to me, the kids don't care about that. The kids just want to do this. And the kids just want to, you know, misbehave and they don't want to pay attention. They only want to learn math and then go home. What are the effects of having a mindset like that when we feel as if the kids don't want to grow and develop? It's not an overnight process. Uh, some of the kids I've been working with have been working with for four or five years. It's all about, it's all a process. And I think with the the responses you're talking about with these kids initially, it, this is how adults and uh, educators, I would say in, in this situation, that's how they're going to respond because they think the kids are being difficult. And in reality, it's all about connecting first. I mean, you have to build a rapport with anybody with me with coaching uh, basketball, I build a rapport with players. When I build a rapport with players, I get the results that I want because I take the time to find out what makes them tick, what makes what motivates them. Um, are they one that I can be straightforward with or are they ones I got to coddle just a little bit to get them to open up? And if that's so, then that's what I'll do. But that's like anything else. Like when any parent has three or four kids, each one of those children has a different personality. And that means that you have to communicate with each one differently kind of shifting or not necessarily shifting gears because I think you had talked about earlier sometimes students have stress when they don't feel like they're able to 
express themselves and they don't feel like they have a person that kind of believes in themselves. Would you say that's the case for the majority of students today? Because I think when I look around the num when I look around and I see the numbers, it looks like there's a lot of uh, mental health issues and you know uh, mental health diagnosis with the young adults. So, a is is that an accurate representation of what you're seeing in the field? And then also, what do you think are some causes of that? Are there some things that we've discussed already, or are there some underlying factors that lead to this mental health epidemic that we're living through? I think the, you're. I know. I think you're absolutely right. I think the numbers are high, but I think there's something else that has to be taken into account too. And and I'm not discrediting anything, but we have to be careful in some instances to quickly label it as a mental health crisis because you know as well as I do, sometimes people hear something and people just kind of blood to that side of the the street. Oh, mental. Yeah, yeah. That's that's me. That's me. As opposed to exuding some resiliency and overcoming some things because we keep in mind character building is all about facing adversity too and how you overcome that and if we are so quick to hug and embrace people because they're having mental health issues um, I think we have to coach them into overcoming them and in some things some situations are more serious than others don't get me wrong and i'm not i'm not discrediting that at all but i just think that we have to be smart about it and i, I know it's one of the things that i do because that's where you find out and you gauge okay no this is a little bit more than i thought or now yeah, you know what i was able to work them out of it and i've had experiences where i've been able to do that so i'm speaking from experience and literally had a young man his mother's and grandfather and grandmother told me point blank that you literally saved his life because he was suicidal and it wasn't uh and of course he he's taking he's having medical attention as well to the process but they said it was the genuine and authentic way that you uh, built a relationship with him that he appreciated and allowed him to express himself more the more he expressed himself the more comfortable he felt the less stress he felt and he had fewer and fewer episodes so it's it's all about showing care and love for kids and genuine and being authentic about it and when i say authentic it's also sharing your highs and lows so that they understand that their failures are part of growing up because you've had failures and you're willing to share those Absolutely. There's definitely a level of you have to be able, like you said um, earlier, like we both kind of agreed upon, there has to be a level of connection where they connect to me, I connect to the young person in order for us to have a working and a developing relationship. And that kind of fosters that growth. So um, before we, you know, before we wrap up and move into our final segment, so what are some ways that Coach T's Corner is different from some of the other, um, you know, coaching programs or mentoring programs that are out there? Because I think you guys do phenomenal work. And I wanted to make sure that you're able to highlight that to the audience before we move on again to that final segment and wrap up the interview. The one thing that separates us is what we're about. And number one, that is about passion. That is about authenticity. And that is about consistency and family. And I say family, that's not just my connection with kids and a family there. It's all about helping other families too, because you have to give in order to receive. And it's also about compassion and integrity. And those those are things that makes us different. I don't throw out stats about this and that I've done this, I've done that. This is about who we can help. And that's what we're here. Now, I, let me rephrase that, who we can empower and support and inspire and educate. All right, so thank you, Coach T. So we're now gonna move into our final segment. For those that have been watching Keeping Up, you know it is called the final minute. So the final minute, Coach T, is where I turn it over to you. And so you have an unlimited amount of time to speak directly to the audience when it's, we're talking about team personal growth and development, 
what is it that you want the audience to know? And someone that's listening to this that wants to get involved, what would you advise them to do? Yeah. So one of the first things that I would tell, and this is the first part I'm going to direct really to any parents that are listening. Number one, we everybody knows you want your kids to be successful and your children want to be successful. But in order for them to be successful, they need your support and not distraction. And what I mean by that is have more conversations that start with questions. Have more conversations where you listen more than you speak. Because when your child walks away from that conversation, they're going to be more inclined and more open to return to you to have another conversation, as opposed to coming to someone like myself and sharing more with me than they should with you. So that's my message to parents and to the preteens and teens that may be listening and young adults as well. Keep in mind, you have a voice, you must express that voice, but more importantly, it's how you avoid, how you express that voice in a very um, intentful way and not to where you're not being respectful. It's all about communication, how you communicate. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And communication is the key to a lot of the successes and or failures that people have. And it's all about how you receive communication. So communication is what a lot of this is all about because that's where everything has to start in order for us to shift any of this is all about communication. And I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Uh, thank you so much, Coach T. Thank you guys for the audience for listening. This has been a wonderful episode of 20 Minutes of Your Time. And then the last thing before you go, Coach T, besides Coach T's uh, corner, where else can they find you? What other resources do you have to offer to the audience today? Well, I am on, we, or I should say, we are on TikTok, Coach T's Corner. Um, Instagram is Coach T's underscore corner. Facebook is Coach T's Corner. And we also have a private Facebook group, which is called Developing Tomorrow's Leaders, as well as my podcast, which is uh, titled the same, Developing Tomorrow's Leaders. Thank you so much, Coach T, for your time. Thank you guys so much to the audience. And then we will be back next week with another episode of 20 Minutes of Your Time. Have a wonderful day, everybody.